Hello, folks. Welcome to Peaks Podcast, Season 5, Episode 63. As you may recall, this season is about Karstens, but uh, post-Everest and now Salvard up in the north, north of the world, Antarctic. Arctic, excuse me. <laughs> Anyhow, we're out here. I thought I'd do the podcast from the fjord, and it is stunning. I just can't put into words how beautiful this area is. Uh, magical. Firstly, I have to thank all our listeners. Um, we're peakspodcast.rocks. We have the Foreman 7 Project for kids that are at risk. All donations go to them. And, of course, our podcast is about getting up and getting out. Getting up and getting out to the outdoors and enjoying. If I can encourage one person per podcast, then I have met my goal. So, as discussed in episode 63, we had many observations about what the Arctic was going to be like in Long Year Ben, the highest community, oh, let me say not highest, the most northerly inhabited community in the world would be like. We took observations from uh, different periodicals, podcasts, uh, what have you, internet, and I projected what I thought it might be like. Now, after spending multiple days here, we're going to talk about some things that weren't actually disclosed. Well, let's start from the U.S., Uh, We flew in, we were supposed to fly in through Oslo, but because of the pandemic relaxation of uh, requirements and restrictions, we were able to fly directly, directly to Salvador. I mean, that was a day and a half savings, or let's say a day, a half a day savings, to be conservative. And... To my pleasure, zero customs, no passport check, nothing. No vaccination check. So it was almost, I've never seen anything like it. It was super cool. So in our previous podcast, we talked about a few things. And I'm going to go through things that were not brought out in the podcast. I've discovered that there are zero tax and so zero tariffs as well so sales tax and tariffs are zero so it makes the cost of goods actually less expensive than the united states unbelievable to see an arteric jacket you know puff hood for 125 dollars where it might be 300 in the states you know don't quote me on that exactly but there's some great great deals Anybody know what uh, a Norwalk whale is? Well, it's one of my favorites. It's the one with the tusk, the or, you know, spear that comes out. It looks like a unicorn of whales. 
Well, they had one of these tusks in the store. I've seen them before online at four or five thousand. This one was for seven hundred. Of course, it would have been extremely difficult for me to fit it in the bag. So I chose to leave it behind. We've been, for, during our three days, basically we had two days on boats and one day hiking. Now during this, we picked up a whole bunch of information from our guides, so it was a, a really fun. You know, at these extreme latitudes, alcoholism is huge. So up here in Longyear Bin, for locals, they have a drinking punch card. Now, this is fascinating. They're allowed 24 beers a month, one handle a month. But they can have unlimited wine. Now, this is a funny little fact. Because the bosses of the coal mines drink, drank wine, they let, there were no restrictions on, there are no restrictions on wine. Uh, a little quirk in the system, possibly. So anyhow, there are three industries in town. We got coal mining is one of the three, science and tourism. A coal mine, there's only one coal mine left, and uh, we've been told that's going to be uh, closed down in the next year, making it a clean uh, environment. But for years and years, they uh, lived on that industry. The town, Longyear Bend, apparently was actually named after an American. That's quite ironic, you know, being a, a satellite sovereign country from Norway I found that a little surprising uh, everything in town is imported I mean they don't have any wood except for driftwood from Siberia on the shores they don't have any anything but coal so everything's imported but the costs are relatively in line. It's amazing how efficiently this place is run. Now, of course, if the shipping lanes get clogged or what have you, there's got to be shortages, but we realized none. It was really a hidden jewel. I love this place, and I would recommend it to anybody. Now, however, we do have to talk about polar bears. In episode 62, we talked about polar bears and actually, all those facts were true. You don't leave town without a flare gun and a rifle. Or a guide with that. The bear situation is serious. Let's discuss two recently. In 1995, there were a couple girls on that hill hiking up on the mountain above us. I don't know, maybe 1,000 feet up above town. Well... A polar bear happened to be up there and attacked them. And one of the girls jumped off a cliff, slid down an ice coulard to her safety. The other one was eaten alive. 1995. Crazy. In 2019, there were, okay, there's a big bay in front of us. 
in Longyear Bend. It's five kilometers in length from one point to the other. So there are three bears on the far side of the bay. Two bears take the wise choice and they go inland. One bear, polar bear, decides to swim the five kilometers towards the airport. The guy swims across the bay and what's there when he arrives? A campsite. The only camping I've seen is right at the airport. The bear swims out of the water. Bam! Snags a guy out of the tent and eats him alive. So, I think, in summary, the rifle, you know, regulation is probably pretty smart. Next off, we let's talk about those walrus. The walrus community that we saw was amazing, amazing. It was 30 strong. They're all males. The females, they bred. So the females go up north and, cat, you know, have their calves, which are huge, like maybe a couple hundred pounds when they're born. That's got to hurt. And they stay up there away from the males, so it's super safe. The male walrus in our colony that we saw, that I'm told they could swim four hours. The water's super cold, you know, 30s Fahrenheit. And then when they get out, their bodies are white and they have to warm up for hours in the sun on the beach to regain their, their um, warmth. Their, their hides are so thick with their blubber, I mean, many, many centimeters thick that a polar bear can't even kill these things. So they're, they have no predators. So they just lie around, relaxing, making these noises. And they have these big tusks. It's, the older they are, the bigger the tusk. And our guides were telling us they can live 30, 40 years. Quite amazing. I mean, they're, they're just a fun-loving, peaceful animal. But they, they can't be with the calves because they you know, could roll over. They're so awkward on land. They could roll over and just kill one of those pups. So anyhow, let's go through the things that this area is known for. The most northerly kindergarten in the world, the most northerly primary, secondary college in the world, the most northerly circus, musical festival, Oregon. Oh boy, the list goes on and on. The most northerly Oktoberfest, the most northerly art fest, rock fest, jazz fest, sports club, swim pool, the most northerly streets, bus station, car rental agency, gas station. In our hotel, it was the most northerly sauna, wine cellar, newspaper, lighthouse. These are just a few. 
Basically, anything you start up up here is the most northerly in the world at 78 degrees northern latitude. So there's a whole bunch of firsts that we were able to achieve. The two charter boats we took were quite memorable. We did the uh, best memories, and the second one we took was... I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this, but it's KV to Jorn, which is kind of like this super modern. They uh, each has its own specialty. Special memories. Their first charter was um, uh, a local super cool who founded it. Has several boats, and he's kind of like the the native. And I quite like that uh, the native, um, very grounded. And a lot of interesting trivia, some which I've presented in this podcast. Then the second was interesting because we took a completely different tour in a different area where we watched the Caffing Glacier. That's when a glacier, chunk of glacier falls off. And we actually saw a chunk fall into the ocean and it makes a tremendous thunderous noise. Beyond that, Besides that, we saw a humpback whale, which we observed for probably at least 10 minutes, kind of scraping against an iceberg to clean his skin, we were told. Then, my favorite, the beluga whale. We saw two belugas, and that's the white whale. And I mean, it looks surreal against the glaciated peaks, icebergs floating to see a white beluga whale coming up and going under, coming up and going under. Completely magical. Magical. We did a climb to the highest peak in uh, the area of Longyear Bend. I think it was several thousand vertical, a great hike, seven hours. I think it was supposed to take longer, but we we beat the time. Of course, we had a rifle, a guide with a rifle, and he was very cautious with us. We crossed a couple glaciers. We went up a steep incline. We were able to glissade down, and the view at the top was second and nothing. We could look right down on the town and see the whole thing in the valley. These fjords are cut by the glaciers a million years ago, whenever. And it reminded me in a lot of ways of upstate New York, where I grew up. But obviously upstate didn't have the, the, the same steep features. But it was reminiscent of that. Uh, also of interest was the, the doggone hotel we stayed at, the Radisson. I came to find out that our hotel was uh, relocated from Lillehammer, Norway, down south, where the Olympics back in the early 90s, I think it was 93, were held. And then they took this whole hotel from the Olympic site, piece by piece, or however they did it, and brought it up to... 
Longyear Bend. And that's where we're staying. I mean, quite a remarkable story. I loved it. I mean, it just, of course, we had the furthest north sauna, et cetera, et cetera. So there were a lot of super cool facts with this place. Everything was low-key, best food ever, fresh salmon in the morning, great service. They're very clean, too. To walk into the rooms, we had to, from the entryway, we had to take off our shoes or put booty, little plastic booties on our feet. So they're very uh, concerned about, you know, the hygiene, which is nice. Uh, I hated to leave the area, but upon our departure, the only poor weather day, it's socked in, foggy, and rainy, and we have to head over to the airport. But on the way, we got to see the famous seabed. They have tens of thousands of seeds buried down a shaft climate controlled in the permafrost. The permafrost up here goes 200 feet down plus plus. So it's an ideal location to put seeds where they can be saved in case of a world holocaust. So even though that the, the, the opening was you know, really a non-event, it, it did represent uh, an evolution of the future if there was a, a uh, catastrophic disaster. So I kind of felt blessed to be up here in the, at the seed bin. The seed bin door, I guess they only open it up once a year because they don't want to contaminate anything and disturb the refrigeration. But uh, obviously today was not my day to go in. They didn't have the door open. All in all, Longyear Bend was absolutely sensational. Our flight was able to fly out. Oh yeah, this is great. So a pilot gets three attempts and then they send him home. It's a very difficult airport to land in. As a matter of fact, they don't even allow, allow radar because it's against the, you know, the, the treaty the war treaty or NATO treaty up here. So no radar. So they have to do an instrument landing. And the day our plane came in, it was like pea soup, thick, drizzling rain. So if our plane didn't make it in one of three attempts, then they have to turn around and they send them home, is what we're told. Our, our boy hits it first time. We have three planes picking up our group, which is complicated. All three made it in, took everybody out. It's like a military operation for sure. And I'm glad to report, after two and a half hours, we landed down in Bergen. And uh, it was like a different planet. We're at 60 degrees latitude down here. So we dropped 18 degrees in two and a half hour flight. I didn't uh, study it that well. So I was flabbergasted when I got out of the plane and it was like summer. 
80 degrees. Had to shed a couple layers. Not unusual for me. I didn't uh, get the full scope, but it was chilly when we left, so I needed all those clothing, all that clothing. So I would like to thank all the listeners out there. If you enjoy the podcast, Peaks Podcast, please tell your friends and share with your friends and family. We are doing this to encourage people to get out and explore the outdoors. Enjoy. Peakspodcast.rocks can be found on any of your popular podcast platforms. And uh, thanks for listening. And your appreciate any constructive criticism or comments on any of our platforms. Thanks for listening. Get out there and enjoy the outdoors.